0: Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. We are continuing our series in the book of James and we're diving into chapter 2 this morning. And we're continuing on this journey to answer what it means to look like and to live like Jesus. That's the question that we're continuing to answer as we re- read through the book of James. And hopefully you've been enjoying this series so far. And uh, we want to we wanna be people who, if we say that we are followers of Jesus, we want to follow well. That is our goal. Yes? Would you agree? As followers of Jesus, we want to be people who are living like Jesus and Looking like Jesus, we want to follow Jesus in His words and His actions this morning. And so, as we as we jump into the message, um, I, I just want to let you know that when I when I first met Faith, my wife, uh, one of the first things that I noticed about her was her uncanny ability to talk to anybody. I mean, I mean anybody, regardless of their position in life, whether they were the janitor. Or quite literally, the president of the university. We we met at Fresno Pacific University. We were working together in the financial aid department, and the the university had just hired a new president. And um, she, all, all of a sudden, I find out she's like best friends with the the president's wife, and I'm like, what are you doing? They don't have time to be buddy buddy with you. Like, they got things to do. They're trying to run a university, and she's like, they're just people. And uh, I, on the other hand, were like, I, I was before I met Faith. I was starstruck always. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I saw uh, Rich Rodriguez from Channel 30 once. You know, and I was like, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, please step away from me. You know what I mean? It was just like anybody who had any type of fame whatsoever. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to interact with him. I was just so like. The, what do you do you're you're a person who's who I know but don't really know and so I just was really kind of weird anybody else like get get weird like that yeah <laughs> like but not faith even even to the point she made such great friends with him they even came to our wedding I was like why are they here you know I was like nervous <laughs> I was like yeah my my boss is here like he could fire me at any moment you know like eh, thanks for coming you know I, was, I, was still, I still wrestle with that. And I, I think it's so funny that in our society, we, we have people who are like that. We, we have uh, stars and celebrities and, and, and people who are in power. We, some, some of us, we tend to put them on a pedestal, don't we? We tend, to, we tend to get weird around them. We tend to kind of don't know how to handle ourselves when we see people who are famous or who are well-known. And I think it's ironic. I think it's weird. Really, uh, that typically we, we put people on pedestals because of who they are, how much money they have, or how famous they are. I think actually we do it because, either subconsciously or just because it's a part of our society or it's a part of our human nature, we tend to, people who are famous who have, have wealth or who are in uh, areas of success, we tend to put them on pedestals. We tend to see that they have a higher value than other people. We may not say it that way, but we certainly treat them that way. Would you agree? I mean, you don't go up to somebody who's, you know, not financially well off, who, who's living in the streets, who, who, who doesn't have anything to offer you, who doesn't seem to be successful in life, and you don't walk up to them and be like, um, uh, hi, you know, you don't, do, you don't stammer with your words. Oftentimes, we just walk right past them. There's a weird thing in our society where we elevate those who we think are successful or are celebrities, and those who are not, we tend to put down or don't, we, we tend to ignore and as followers of Jesus, of people who want to follow Jesus and live like Jesus and look like Jesus, sound like Jesus, we need to recognize that that is not a biblical understanding of how we should treat people based on their success or lack of success, based on their celebrity or lack of celebrity, based on their wealth or lack of wealth. In fact, the book of James hits that area pretty, pretty hard. And in chapter 2, he really addresses that pretty severely as believers and we tackle that this morning. So that's what we're going to be answering. We're going to answer the question of what it means to look and live like Jesus. I think actually it's pretty funny. Even do you guys have friends who name drop all the time? Who who have who have? I'm I'm guilty of this sometimes too. Can I be honest? Like I've I'm like, hey, I know so and so. So that means I'm important too. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird thing. But I I have friends who just be like, oh, I was hanging out with so and so who knows so and so. It's their cousin, and it's just like it's weird because. We do that, really the reason we do that is because we think by their status makes us more important too. But the Bible talks about about that and what what that demonstrates about what we think about other people and what we think about ourselves. But if we really want to live and look like Jesus, James tells us that we shouldn't live like that, with some people being treated like they are more valuable than others. Like some people are more important than others. And so we're going to jump into James chapter 2 starting in verse 1. And James talks about the sin of partiality. Meaning the sin of, of giving some favor and some not. In fact, he, in the first five verses he tells this example of a wealthy man and a poor man walking into the service together. And the rich man who's wearing a gold ring and nice clothes is given a seat of honor. And the poor man who walks in, they're like, "Hey, why don't you go stand in the corner over there, or you can actually sit on the floor." And he says, "That is that should not happen in the church. That should not happen among you, because you are devaluing one and, and elevating the other." He goes on to say, "You are making a distinction between these two based on their appearance and based on their wealth, and in part because of your own your own desire for selfish gain." It's that whole name dropping thing. I. I know this wealthy man. Come sit by me. It makes me look more important. It makes me look more valuable. And he says, you've got it all wrong. And in verse 6, he says this, But you have dishonored the poor, man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? I think this still blows my mind today. What was happening... In James' time, almost 2,000 years ago, those who had celebrity, those who had wealth, often uh, demeaned and defamed the name of Jesus. And isn't that in our society today? Don't we have quite a few People who are celebrity, who are in, are well known, who are successful, who who belittle Christians and make fun of the the name of Jesus. Now, not all of celebrities, right? There's some godly people who are famous, and I don't. I'm not uh, trying to turn a whole group of people away from celebrities, but but it, it's interesting to me that those who who blaspheme the name of Jesus, those who. Who, who ridicule Christians as being dumb and ignorant and, and foolish, although also the ones that we give our money to to watch their films and pay, pay to listen to their music. I think it's interesting. And James would say, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life as a follower of Jesus when you continue to elevate those who belittle you? That is a weird thing in our society that we do. We continue to, to say that the celebrities can spit in our face. We say, ooh, can you do it again? It's a weird thing. And it happened then as well. James is saying, hey, you keep elevating these who are actually against you, and you think you're going to gain something from it, but you're gaining nothing. And in fact, you are dishonoring others for the sake of praising the wealthy. And it makes me think of, of what we do in our society today. We put on people who blaspheme the name of Jesus, and we're like, hey, but It's entertaining. And actually, we do them a disservice as well—the celebrities, uh, those who are wealthy, those who have power. When we don't know how to interact with them, when we idolize them, because they are people who need Jesus too. Yes, yeah. and you've been given the light to be light in dark places. But often, because we idolize people, we think that we don't—we don't think about their souls whatsoever. We think about their fame, we think about their wealth, we think about what they potentially could give us, what what added value they could give us, when really we're called to care for their souls. We're called to love them and not idolize them. We're called to pray for them and not praise them. And oftentimes we we get our minds so twisted around, Uh, I took a picture with so-and-so, I'm known because I know them that we miss the point of doing them a disservice. We dishonor those who we don't value, we walk right past, and those who we elevate, we we do them a disservice. And James wants us to be a people who says, we are more like Jesus, and Jesus could walk up to anybody, he could talk to anybody, whether they were the ruler of an entire region or the blind beggar on the street. And we want to be a people who can do the same thing. We want to be a people who says, I don't care how much money you have or don't have. I don't care what you look like, what you smell like, what you dress like. I will still care, care, care for your heart and care for your soul. I still want to be a people who say, we don't, know, we don't care what status you carry. We all have to bow our knee to Jesus. And we want you to bow your knee to Jesus too. When we fail to honor people because, uh, because of what's going on in their lives, we, we fail to see their value And we've missed the mark of being followers of Jesus. Instead, James says this in verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality or favoritism, you are committing sin and you are convicted by the law as transgressors. You are convicted by the law as transgressors. Here's my first point for you this morning. My first point, if you're making notes, you can also make notes or follow along in the YouVersion Bible app on your smartphone. The first point is, show honor to all. Show honor to all. That's point number two, show mercy. We'll get there. Point one is, show honor to all. This is such a big deal, in fact, that James says, if you fail to do this, you have broken the law of God. It is a sin, to show partiality. Do you often think of that way? No. You typically we think, oh, it's a sin. I told a lie, I stole something, I did this, I, I gossip about somebody, or we I you know, I did something bad, that's a sin. But to show partiality to somebody is a sin. And he says if you've done it, you're guilty of that law. Verse 10 says this: those who fail to keep one point of the law are guilty of the entire law. The law says, Don't murder. But if you fail to honor somebody, you're guilty of that law entirely. The law says don't commit adultery, but if you fail to value those who God values, you have broken the law. It's so severe, the call to honor and love everyone, that we have to do it as followers of Jesus what I love about the book of James is that he's always so in your face, isn't he? Sometimes he just makes you feel like, well, I don't know what to do. This is, I'm a horrible person and I'll never make it, right? This is the book of James sometimes. I feel like I love to read it and also I'm like, I'm tired of this. You know, it's so heavy. It can be so heavy, but, but he gives us this glimmer of hope. He gives us actually the correct way of viewing what he's saying here. He gives us an ability to understand in depth what he's trying to reveal to us. In verse 12 he says this, So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Here's what he means here. As followers of Jesus, we are under the law of liberty, or the better way of saying it is we're under the law of love. The love of Jesus given to us, redeeming us through the sacrifice of the cross. James is saying here, speak and act as those who have, who have been loved into the kingdom of God. Because we didn't earn it, there was nothing that we did in life, no act of our will that got us into the kingdom. So love people that way. He's saying, if you want to live under the old law, then you will be judged by the old law. But if you want to live under the new law of love, then the mercy of God will triumph over the judgment of God. Why is he saying that? Do you know in the Old Testament, James is writing to Jewish people who have accepted Christ. So they still had this legalistic understanding from from Old Testament law. And Old Testament law, most of it was about external expectations. Old Testament law said, do not touch, do 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 not wear Do not say, do not do, do this, don't do that. And you could observe externally if someone was following the law or not. And James is saying if you choose to judge people based on appearance, you are then applying yourself to the old law of judging based on the external. And if you do that, then if you break one law, you've broken the entire law. Do you understand? But he says, but if you want to be under the law of liberty, loved into the kingdom of God, not by your own works that you should boast, but under the work of Jesus through the cross, then if you apply mercy to people and love them, not not for what they can give to you or not what they will take from you even, but if you will just love them with mercy, then mercy will cover you as well. That is the good news of following Jesus. He warns us so much that if you, if you choose to be partial towards people, give favoritism to some instead of others, you are removing yourself from the law of liberty and you're, you're putting yourself under the old covenant law. He says that's dangerous. Don't do it. Because you're no longer under the mercy of God. You're under the judgment of God. This is why he's speaking so severely to us. If you want to look like Jesus and love like Jesus, live your life like you've been loved like Jesus. Live your life by, like you've been loved by Jesus, that you've received his mercy and his grace freely. And if you've received freely, then we should give freely. Amen? Amen. So maybe you were feeling some type of condemnation, like, I can't make it. If, I, if, I, if by just showing favoritism to somebody, I've broken the entire law, I, don't, I can't make it. But he says instead, there's mercy for you if you will choose to love people regardless of their status. There's mercy for you If you choose to say, I will love you regardless of what you can or cannot do for me. If we will walk under the law of Jesus, which is the law of love towards others, and offer mercy instead of judgment, then we are doing well. My second point, which you've already seen, is show mercy to all. Show mercy to all. Show honor and show mercy. So why is showing honor and mercy so important? Why is the demonstration of these things so important for us to follow as followers of Jesus? Because if we believe that we have been freely given mercy and Jesus has greatly honored us by by giving us His life for ours, so if we believe that, How do you show it? How is your belief demonstrated? It's it's not enough to say I believe something without demonstrating it. Because it doesn't make sense to say, "I I believe this chair will hold me up, but you'll never sit in the chair. You don't trust it actually will hold you up. There has to be some type of demonstration of belief or demonstration of faith for there to be actual faith there. Or else it's just words. James brings this up in verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? In other words, what good is it to say you believe something but there is no evidence of that belief? What we believe is what we live out every day. If we believe that God gave us His mercy, then we should live out in mercy. If we believe that Jesus honored us, which He has honored us, we We didn't have any value, but he saw the value in us, so he gave his life for us. He honored us above his own life. So if we believe that he has honored us, then we should also honor others. It's a way that we demonstrate that we believe. He says, what good is it if you say you believe something, but you actually don't? He then asks, can that kind of faith save him? And he's implying the answer is no. To say you have faith, but there is no evidence of faith, you don't have faith. That faith does not save you. Faith that does not produce evidence in our lives is not faith. We don't truly believe it. He goes on to say, verse 15, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed or lacking in daily food, and one of, uh, one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Do you know as followers of Jesus you are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus? You are called to live as if Jesus were living and acting through you. That's why Paul says it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me, the hope of glory. It's no longer my choice of actions. And when I act in good faith of what God is doing in me, it is Christ in me living it out. I am his ambassador. I am, I am carrying Christ in the flesh to the world. We are called to be a people who act on our faith. If Jesus showed mercy and honor, not just in words, but he showed it in action by going to the cross for us. Jesus could have come down and just said, all is forgiven. And it would have been forgiven. But instead he said, I'm going to show you what it costs for forgiveness. I'm going to show you what it what will cost me. I will act out my love for you. And he demonstrated it. He demonstrated love. When we honor others above ourselves, it isn't just in words, but it's in actions. Are you guys familiar with the five love languages? It's a book that talks about how people give love and also receive love, and they can be different. But four out of the five are Actions. Only one is words of affirmation, which is mine, by the way. So y'all make sure you tell me if you like me or not, and it makes me feel good. But the other ones are serving, and quality time, physical touch, and gifts, all action. Quality time is being present with somebody. Choosing to say, I could be anywhere else, but I choose to be with you. Action, you've heard, is a verb. Or love is a verb, sorry. Sorry. Action is also a verb. It's true. Love is an action. Love is a verb. But faith also is a verb. Faith is also an action. For If we have received mercy, we have received honor, then we are called to give mercy and to give honor as a demonstration of what we believe Jesus has done for us. James says, verse 18, but someone will say, I love it, I love it, there always has been somebody who wants to argue in church, isn't there? There's always somebody, even James is like, there's going to be somebody that's going to say something. He always knows there's somebody that's got a point they got to make. James says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. He says this, show me your faith apart from your works, show me, how do you show Faith apart from works, you don't. He says, I will show you my faith by my works. Our actions demonstrate what we believe. It seems simple enough, but we fool ourselves when we say we believe one thing and do another. It fools us. He says, you believe that God is one, verse 19, you do well, even the demons believe that, and shudder. Saying you have faith in God or belief in God does nothing unless you act on it. In fact, there was a study done recently by by a leading cognitive neuroscientist named Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and in her study she states that, that if we believe something but do not act on that belief, it causes trauma in our brains. If you say you believe something, but you do the opposite of it, it causes what they call a dissonance in your brain. And your body cannot comprehend, and your brain cannot comprehend why you say one thing and do another. Science is finally catching up with the Word of God. It is, tra- it is trauma to the brain, and she says if you do it enough times, it actually causes brain damage, it kills brain cells because you lie to your t- yourself so much. By saying, oh, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, and you do the opposite. That's why you feel turmoil in your life. That's why you feel the tension. That's why you feel guilt and shame when you, you know to do the right thing, but you don't do it. That's the tension that you feel. And they can actually see it now as they scan brains. The tension of believing one thing and doing another. So my point, point three this morning... Show your faith to all. Show honor to all. Show mercy to all. Show your faith to all. Not only is it good for your brain, it's better for your soul. To do what you believe. To say and do what you believe. Our actions show our faith. My question for you this morning is, what are you showing everyone? What are you demonstrating that you believe to the people that are closest to you? Do you demonstrate peace and joy and kindness and self-control? All of those uh, are coming by the Holy Spirit, by relationship with the Holy Spirit? Or are you showing something else? Are you demonstrating something else? Are you one way at work and another way at home, one way at school, another way with your family or at church? Living that way causes trauma. Not only to your brain, but to your soul. James says it should not be that way. It should not be that way. What are you showing your kids and your grandkids? What are you showing your neighbors and your coworkers? If you want to show love, you want to show mercy, you want to show kindness and joy and goodness, You first have to be connected to the one who gives those things to you freely when you have relationship with Him. That's Jesus. The beautiful thing about spending time with Jesus is that the more time you spend with Him, the more rubs off on you His attitude, His personality. He gives it to you freely. He wants you to be more like Him. He wants you to walk in love and mercy. He wants you to do it, and He gives it to you the more time you spend with Him. It's all a product of being in relationship with Jesus. So this morning, if you don't have relationship with Jesus, and you're saying, how do I show all of these things? The first step would would be to say, I want to be in relationship with Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus so that He can fill me with love and fill me with mercy. Not only will he do that, he'll also wash you and cleanse you from the things of your past that have, that the sin of your life that is, that have created turmoil, that has created destruction. You see, all the things that are happening bad in the world are all products of someone's bad choices. The hurts, the wars, drug abuse, all of these things are all byproducts of bad choices. But Jesus said, I can help you make better choices when you begin to live out what you believe. See, in the same study that Dr. Caroline Leaf said that causes trauma when we say one thing and do another, it says when you begin to do the things you say you believe, it begins to restore your brain. It begins to bring life back to you. Jesus says that is the transformation I will bring you when you choose to follow me. I will choose to pour out my love in you, my mercy, my grace. But first you have to know me. You have to draw close to me.